another four spots in the power rankings, but it's overshadowed by $100 spent by Joe Gabagool on Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen. That's right. Joe Gabagool out AOL'd AOL out Bill Belichick'd Bill Belichick and dropped $100 on a short slot receiver. All right. I think it might work. We clowned him because it's rare, but, you know, I'll take the entertainment because that's what it did for me. Welcome back. It is episode two, even though we are in week four. Give me a break, okay? We've got a great show for you today. If you heard the robot at the top, we are talking about the next level cup. We are talking about majors, and we are talking about dynamic scheduling, but... I kind of want to take it back like we did last week. So at the top of the show last week, if you listened, you know, some of you might have just downloaded and subscribed and unsubscribed and resubscribed and downloaded again and commented and reviewed like we asked you to. Right? I did. I asked nicely. Do those things super easy. I'm just kidding. I really don't care. Last week, we went back in time and I told you guys, you know, because we got a lot of new people here. We got a lot of people that are very forgetful. I am admittedly one of those people, too. But let's just say it's because of the new people that are here. We wanted to go back in time as if we were riding on Spaceship Earth at Epcot and we were learning about the history of the world, right? If you want to learn about the LOL, thank the Phoenicians. Very few of you got that. Last week, we went back in time and I want to do that again, but in a different way. All right. Today's episode Although we're talking about those three big things that are probably confusing for a lot of you, I want this episode to be about milestones, right? Milestones. We're going to talk about it in our interview later, all right? Actually, I have two little interviews this week. One of them is going to talk about eras. One of them is going to talk about milestones. That'll make sense later. But milestones, it's impressive. Sometimes you need perspective, right? So I wanted to talk about that. So this week, let's take it back to the beginning again. And as you're aware... The main league, which you guys know of as the same level fantasy football league, it started in 2008. Side games began with the Eliminator Challenge, and that was actually on the CBS platform. They provided that. You'd log in, you'd set your lineup, and it would actually prompt you to participate in this Eliminator Challenge right along your fantasy football league. That's We didn't come up with that idea. It's a basic game. But that's the reason why we actually chose that game in the first place is CBS provided that to us. And we did that for a long time, right on CBS, right? It it actually wasn't until 2014 that we moved the Eliminator Challenge over to a Google spreadsheet. 
And that's actually when we started awarding lottery balls to the winners of these eliminator rounds. And this was 2014. So we were already six years, seven years in at this point. Now, we moved into spreadsheets and awarding lottery balls, but that was kind of neat. Uh, but the next thing we did in 2015, we threw the big gay getaway, the BGG. This is where we all actually vacationed in Ocean City, Maryland. And in hindsight, I'm not really even sure how we pulled that off at all. But I'd venture to guess it wouldn't have happened without babes running things. The trip is mentioned to this day as one of our greatest accomplishments. 2015 also saw the introduction of the quarterback exchange, which was actually introduced at the beach house in Ocean City. We hooked up a laptop, HDMI cables to a tele. I've showed you guys how to log in. Quarterback exchange was this game where you're basically treating quarterbacks as if they were companies listed on the NASDAQ. We'll probably have a whole episode about that in the future, but that was 2015. And along with that, funnily enough, is that a word? Funnily? Anyways. We had our one and only attempt at a fantasy basketball league. I thought it was kind of fun, but basketball is just a totally different vibe and schedule setup, and it never really worked. So we had a one and done fantasy basketball league in 2015. And the next year, just like when the first living organisms walked out of the ocean, in 2016, we walked out of email communication and into the high tech Slack workspace that we know today. This tiny little change would reverberate through league history. In fact, it was the first indication we had that we were probably ready to grow our little family of nincompoops. So the next year, the farm was opened in 2017. We've seen six farm champions since then. And most people love the memory of the aforementioned BGG, but the farm, the farm is our greatest achievement in my opinion. The farm was actually voted in, into existence with exactly the number of votes required to pass a proposal. Eight yes, four no. 66% on the fucking dot. For perspective, this was also the same year, 2017, that we kicked kickers from our rosters and we renamed the Kid A to the AOL tournament. Put it in perspective for you. That's how long the farm has been around is since those two things happened. So we actually like that. 2017, 2018, things didn't change. In 2019, I wanted to switch it up. We needed to spice it up. So we brought in the Omega level. The almighty level above all that required an SLFFL championship resume to access. Now, in addition to the Omega level itself, 2019, it was also the first year for the next level cup. The next level cup is the in-season tournament between levels. Winning this tournament could also grant a farm team access to Omega without an SLFFL championship. We also started a podcast. Now, I'll be honest. 2019 was great. We came up with these cool ideas for Omega level and the next level cup, but they really never garnered much interest from the group right away, right? But I had faith that the structure would win out eventually. Maybe we just needed a better way to visualize it. So in 2020, I was like, boom, you looking for this? And I introduced a new league website. I also introduced the process of locking opponents, our new Schmeckle currency system, and the one and only sports book, bitch. This was a major shift in how we looked at fantasy. These new additions have become crucial to our framework. 
2021 brought us major events, dynamic scheduling. We're going to talk about those things in a little bit. And we began our use of a playoff format that makes every single matchup meaningful. If you ask me, I think we're right where we were in 2016. You know, we're slowly realizing that we could use another dozen people in this little thing we call the LOL. So I don't know, guys. Let's do it. Fuck it. Let's have another kid. Let's make a baby. Let's add a level. Anyways, we have an amazing show for you today. Please leave a voicemail. We're going to get to the ones that you guys left last week, but I need to remind you again that for this week, send in some more, all right? 407-900-5305. Burn that into your skull. Don't ever forget that. Save it to your phone. 407 900-5305, and we will be right back after this. Burger King, all our burgers are 100% pure beef, flame broiled, never fried, and fixed fresh and hot, one at a time. Who's got the best on burger in the whole wide world? Who's got it? Burger King is high. Burger King is high. Who's got the best on burger in the whole wide world? Burger King is And we're back. All right, Buddy Danger here, and I have actually brought in what it, you know we in the uh, in the industry like to call a SME. I don't know if you guys know what a SME is. An SME is a subject matter expert. All right, so remember that subject matter expert. We brought in a SME, and you're probably like, "Well, what expert are we talking about?" We're talking about the Travis Kelsey thing, obviously. And I'm not talking about the part of the Travis Kelsey thing where. Apparently, he just runs and makes up his own routes now. That's what Patrick Mahomes is saying. No, I'm talking about that other thing. The lady that was in his box. That's weird. So I brought in a SME for that. And I have none other than Dr. Sarah. Dr. Sarah, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Now, I have to fully disclose everything. Dr. Sarah is my sister. Uh, she grew up with Buddy Danger. She knows me very well. As soon as this happened, I had to call Dr. Sarah. Dr. Sarah is a real doctor of words, uh, but she minored in Swiftology, and she's a huge, huge fan of Taylor Swift, right? Yes, gigantic. It, it takes a little bit. Like, if you're a fan of something, it's it's different, though, right? Like, to be a fan of Taylor Swift, you have to be, like, a different kind of fan. Yeah, absolutely. Being a fan of Taylor Swift is more like a lifestyle than just a casual interest. Uh, she's she's a little bit of a, a crazy person herself, so I think her fans sort of reflect that back to her. You know, I I, I can respect that because, and everyone listening to this podcast should fucking respect that too, because we are crazy about some nonsense fantasy football numbers on a computer so much so that we're listening to a podcast about two dozen people like this doesn't matter but here we are we are obsessing about something just like these taylor swifties 
obsess about Taylor Swift. So I've got a couple of questions for Dr. Sarah today because she is a, a humongous expert. Actually, you know what? Before we get to the questions, do you give me some of your bona fides? Like what what makes you an expert on Taylor Swift? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I got into Taylor Swift when she was very new. I would say when I was in high school, she was putting out her first album. She's about a year older than me. So we've kind of grown up together in that sense of I sort of watched her grow up as I have. Um, and I think if I had to say that there were things that made me like a, a genuine Taylor fan, I think it's that I... I can probably point out all of the crazy, like painting my clown makeup on conspiracy theories about her. Yeah. Um, and I know, I know when she's trying to do something crazy, I participate in all of her little riddles that she leaves for people. Um, and I can probably do an impromptu Ted talk on just sort of all of the Taylor Swift lore that exists. So I think me being that level of Swifty kind of gives me this authority to speak on it. <laughs> That's, I mean, and there's a lot to speak to because I, from us in our inner circle, we think of Travis Kelsey as one of the most famous people on the planet because he is literally like tight end number one. He has been ever since Rob Gronkowski retired, probably a few years before that. This guy matters, right? Like people are investing millions of dollars into Travis Kelsey and his performance on the field. And we think, I mean, I personally think he's a young, cool guy. I felt like he's got a little bit of swagger to him and celebrity. But over the past week, Travis Kelsey's jersey sales have spiked 400%. That is, I mean, that's a targeted effort on his part, right? That kind of leads me to the side of like, this is all a marketing ploy just because of that, the, the, the numbers right there. But anyways, is that surprising to you? I feel like because of the size of her audience, even though we think of the NFL as this global iconic football league, it's really not that big. Taylor Swift is bigger than the NFL. Does this surprise you at yeah. all? No? No, it doesn't. I, I think something that's so interesting about Taylor's fans is if they think that they like someone for her, like if they approve of some guy that she's dating, they're going to support that person just as much as they support her. So I think having her there, it's drawing in these people who probably didn't know much about this person or didn't know much about the NFL, but want to support Taylor in some weird adjacent way. So I definitely think that has something to do with it. Plus, if she was wearing it, you know, she was wearing that merch, people are going to want to wear it because she was wearing it. Yeah. And she did have the bright red lipstick. Is that a common thing for her? Or is that a Chiefs thing? Oh, yeah. It's a yeah, that's thing. definitely a Taylor thing. All She's right. always had a sort of uh, signature red lip, but I do think she has been like foregoing that a lot more recently because she's been in her eras tour, ah. you know, kind of vibe. So she's sort of moving through all of her eras of her career. But that is a very distinct thing that she definitely has sort of trademarked. All right. Speaking of eras, I had an era of my life where I loved chicken nuggets. And it was really when I was a young kid, right? Like we all, as we were young, young O's, we were loving the nuggies, right? And mm -hmm. Eagle Eye fans, she's in Travis Kelsey's box, hanging out with Travis Kelsey's mom, which we will get to in a second, the whole mom thing. They see uh -huh. that, that this billionaire, right? I would assume billionaire is eating yeah, little yeah. chicken nuggies, right? On a plate. I'm assuming that these were probably microwaved by the Kansas City staff. And she's eating these with what was seemingly ranch. Did you hear about the yeah. seemingly ranch thing? I did hear about seemingly ranch. I thought that was pretty funny. Is this something that's common? Is this something that like wherever she goes, she's going to create a meme like this? Or is this like a 
Yeah. Yeah. I think any move she makes, it's so heavily documented and not just documented. Taylor Swift is notorious for planting Easter eggs. So now her fans are looking for them everywhere. Taylor Swift will sneeze and they'll be like, oh my God, was the duration of her sneeze three seconds? Oh my God, three <laughs> plus 15 is there, you know, like it's, they'll start that, breaking down every single thing that she does. That sounds so like any gamblers. Single, we, we, we understand yes. that. Yes, it's crazy. And I think it's it's something that she has cultivated. And I think um, now that she has this sort of process she's going through with re-releasing her albums so that she can own her masters again, people are constantly on the lookout for which one is she going to announce next? What are the, the signs like she does everything with such intentionality that no one believes that anything she does doesn't have a meaning behind it. So even ranch on a plate could be like, oh my gosh, was she a fan of ranch? Did she talk about ranch when she was recording Reputation? Does that mean that Reputation Taylor's version is next? Like, it's there's always going to be some connection that her fans are going to make. That, you know, I'm going to write that down actually, real quick. That I should just go grab old episodes of this podcast, re record them, and re release them again. That Does that work? Does yeah. that work for anyone? I could just re release the same content again and everyone clamors for it, huh? Yeah, you just make it, you know, Buddy Danger's version, and it's just this re-release, and huh. you add some, you add some extra content, you know, so that huh. it's exclusive. So you make it a new and fresh thing. Yeah, yeah. proper. Write that down. I'm going to use AI-generated voice to replace you, and I'm going to re-record all the old episodes, <laughs> and uh, somehow make money. Now I'm going to jump into some questions here because I'd like to tie this all together. We are invested heavily, at least three of us. One of them, including myself, I, in the RO Mega level, I do have Travis Kelsey in my starting lineup, invested heavily mm -hmm. in him, uh, and so did two other people in the LOL. So what is the average length of a Taylor Swift relationship? Okay, so this is, this is a twofold question because hmm. I'd say prior to the last handful of years, she was having sort of short shorter handful of months relationships that she became kind of notorious for that kind of i um, felt like i i heard that yeah yeah but i'd say like as she got into her late 20s you know she was with certain people for longer and then she just left a relationship that she was in for six years so she actually wait 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 wait, wait i thought the know? guy the guy from 1975 so okay i can give you the lore on that that so was only like six did, weeks right Yes. However, her and Maddie had been sort of dating, sort of talking about a decade ago when they first met in like 2013. So they have a sort of history. Mm -hmm. So for her to sort of rebound with this like crazy, ridiculous PR nightmare of a person kind of makes sense. Um, but yeah, that was very short lived, a handful of weeks while she was touring. Um, and then now, of course, we're in this this era where she's seen with with Travis but prior to Maddie she was in a six-year relationship so, okay so, I don't think that like when I think of Taylor Swift I, all I mm -hmm. think of is a body count I think of all I mean yeah. I'm not trying to shame here we can do what we I'm talking about the outcome here there's a lot of people that are in her wake and she keeps it moving sure. and let's just be honest yeah. she profits off of it pretty quickly which I would do too heady play for sure but yeah, absolutely yeah I, even though I dis I disagree, there's no way that there's anywhere a, near a chance that this lasts for longer than a couple of weeks or months. But has she ever met the mother of another boyfriend in the past? Yeah, I yeah. think Taylor is sort of one of those people who is very popular with moms. You know, she's she's sweet. She's from the South. She's 
she's everybody's like best girlfriend, you know? So I think that she is sort of the type of girl to meet a mom pretty quick. Um, I don't know if I can speak to like her flings or her short relationships prior to Joe Alwyn, where she was with like Calvin Harris. And when she was with, um, she was with a bunch of people for about a year each or a handful of months. But yeah, I, I want to say she, she's a mom meter. She mm. definitely, I don't think first date mom meeting is Taylor. That's what it looked Taylor like. Style. Yeah. So that's what kind of leads me to believe that her showing up to the game was just a sort of good faith uh, taking him up on an invitation situation mm-hmm. uh, and not so much a this is a person I'm dating now because sure. I don't think that she would be so public about it, honestly. She's a very calculated woman, but she is. Yeah. Per- perhaps you're right. Now, I I, only, I have a recency bias here, so the most recent relationship she was in, that guy looks like a complete mess. That's just my opinion. Yes. But... Yeah. <laughs> What's the typical direction her ex-boyfriends take post-Swift? And, and and when I say direction, I mean in their careers, maybe financially, sure. you know, celebrity-wise. What what happens to them? Well, I can give you an example of two of the most notorious, and that is Jake Gyllenhaal and John Mayer. Um, Good point. She dated both of them when she was about 19 and 20, and they were in their Awkward. early 30s. That's weird. So it was not, yeah, it was not great. And I think... She wrote a couple of songs about those relationships that are some fan favorites, and they are scathing songs. Um, One of them is even called Dear John that calls him out very specifically. And I think what happened for those folks, is I'm sure you can see, their careers were fine. They've continued. They're both very famous people. But they always are carrying this shadow of Taylor in that relationship. It comes up in all of their interviews for forever. Um, When she's re-releasing these albums with those songs about those people, they're being asked about them again. Her fans are attacking them so much in Instagram comments, like Mm. silly, goofy jokes in their Instagram comments that she said on stage at an era show, like, stop it. Like she, she sort of like scolded her fans for doing that. But I think they are carrying this like Taylor Swift's ex sort of shadow forever. Even if they're successful in their own right, they're still getting asked about it. They're mm-hmm. still getting um, brought into that discourse, especially with the re-record, you know? So when she's putting these songs back out and people are sort of revitalizing their interest in these old stories from her life, these people are getting dragged back into it. So in the song All Too Well about Jake Gyllenhaal, she talks about how he kept a scarf of hers and now everyone asks him in interviews about if he has Taylor Swift's scarf, you know? <laughs> so it's, it's this thing that this, they're going to have to carry. Yeah. I can't, honestly, I can't believe I called you for this. This is insane <laughs> that I am taking this seriously, but I am taking this seriously. I invested in Travis Kelsey and yes, I've spent yeah. 13 minutes talking with a doctor about this, a SME. So really, let's just get to the heart of the question here. How much time does Travis have left before he literally can't score touchdowns anymore? Well, you know, I did see a very funny uh, meme that's taking off about this. That's from the Barbie movie where it's the line from the movie where it says, 
every day is a great day for Barbie, but it's only a great day for Ken if Barbie looks at him. And they're sort of applying that <laughs> to Taylor watching Travis <laughs> play the other day. And, you know, I do think she's very bewitching. I do think that she has a stranglehold on the people that she dates. I mean, she's gorgeous. She's incredible. She's impressive. I can I can only imagine what it's like for some of these men to sort of get caught up in that with her. So I don't know. I don't know. I think it's if they continue to date, I think it's very it's very possible he could just fall under the Taylor spell. What will the title of the inevitable song be? Oh, I don't know about a title, but I do know there probably could be a line about how um, he he tossed her the ball, but she just wanted to play the field. <laughs> my my the title of the song to me is easily Mr. Kelsey's Campbell's Chunky. If you didn't know about that. I'm going to wait until I see her eating Mr. Kelsey's Campbell's Chunky. That has a ring to it. It has alliteration. You can It bounces off of the tongue, right? It does, but I don't know that it's Taylor's style. I feel like it has to be a little more <laughs> shrouded, a little more veiled in, in some kind of mystery. I don't know. <laughs> I had to try and get the... I had to make this funny at some point. This is just... I can't believe that we as NFL people, fans, had to sit there and listen to every single announcer make all these jokes about titles of her songs. And uh-huh. I just, you know, I don't know how many weeks That's we're going to have to deal with Taylor it. Swift. All right. That's the power of Taylor Swift. I mean, it's it's kind of been crazy if you think about it. This particular summer, it's been wild. Um, so to round out this summer with Taylor um, turning the NFL into NFL Taylor's version, it's been very impressive. I, I, I've been impressed with the 400% increase in jersey sales, all of the attention that it's gotten. Uh, thank you so much, Dr. Sarah, for joining us. I appreciate it. Very much. So don't forget, Dr. Sarah is actually a best-selling author. She's got two books out in stores right now. 2021, she released The Violent Season. 2023, that's this year, a new book, Missing Dead Girls. Go get it. You can get it on Amazon, right? You can get it in Walmart, Barnes & Nobles, anywhere you can buy books. Yep, you sure can. And they are chock full of Taylor Swift references. So of you course. carry on the conversation. Love you, Dr. Sarah. Love you so much. Bye. Bye. <laughs> And we're back. It's me, Buddy Danger. And that was a pretty insightful interview with Dr. Sarah about the whole Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift thing. It's We'll have some more updates at the end of the show about how that's progressing through this week. But uh, but yeah, it's nice to have a subject matter expert like Sarah on, Dr. Sarah, I'm sorry, uh, to, to clarify a little bit for us because she is such an expert in Taylor Swift. But that's not the main topic today. That'd be kind of weird, right? If it was the main topic today, I would probably have had sex in the city on right because this would technically involve her too a little bit sort of not really today's main topic topics i should say we've just been doubling up tripling up we're going to do three things today today we are covering the next level cup which you've probably heard of majors which start this week for you newbies you know some of you actually made it i believe Uh, And along with majors comes dynamic scheduling. So you're like, you've heard these things about the LOL. You've probably never heard these things about other leagues ever. So what are they? Where did they come from? At the top of the show, we did go through, you know, milestones and whatnot. And we talked about when things happened. So we did mention the next level cup. Uh, That was brought 
into existence in 2019. And we did that along with the Omega level. So they're kind of tied at the hip. The Omega level, which we're going to get into in detail later on, not in this episode, but the Omega level and the next level cup are kind of tied at the hip, right? There was only two ways originally to get into the Omega level. It was to win the hammer, you know, the championship of the same level fantasy football league, or you would have to win this tournament. And you're like, well, what is this tournament? How is How are we having a tournament? Well, it's all in parallel, okay? It's great. You don't have to actually do anything. This all just happens in parallel. So you have your farm team or your same level fantasy football team, and you have matchups throughout the year every week. You've got two matchups in the regular season every week. Those same scores can be applied to another fictional matchup, maybe something that you don't actually see on CBS, but we could still compare proper football from the same level fantasy league to Saks in the city in the farm. We could still compare those two scores every week. We know that they are competing on the same rules, the same rosters, the same everything, except it's two separate player pools. So the unique thing about the next level cup is it's cross level interactions, right? So you have the ability to face someone from another level, which means that you have the ability to face someone that has the same players as you. Now, it would be very random if you had the same exact lineup, right? But if we do this for long enough, eventually it's going to happen, right? And uh, I, 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 if I were to guess, it's, it's going to be Coheeds and Tally are going to end up having the same rosters. I feel like they are too much alike. And now they're in different player pools, so that can actually happen. So, how do we seed this tournament? How does it work? Well, seeding is simple, but the bracket is kind of complicated. So I'm not going to try to describe the shape, but it is a typical bracket like you would see in March Madness, right? You're going to see a lot of teams because we've got 24 teams. Now, we don't have 64 like March Madness. We're getting there. But the first round is only four teams. All right, and the first round goes for weeks one and two. So in weeks one and two, you add your scores up, aggregate score, very reminiscent of soccer, right? This happens in soccer in all kinds of, of qualification tournaments and actual tournaments. The, the concept of having a multi-leg competition is very common, right? So that's where we got it. And also the idea of winning a tournament to have access to another league is also very soccer. That's the, this whole concept, the next level cup was brought to my brain by the U S open cup that features USL teams, MLS teams, all the way down to little bar teams that are sponsored by local pubs. Uh, and those teams all have the chance to compete in this open cup tournament. And the winner gets a ticket to the CONCACAF annual competition, right? Like that, that whole concept is where this came from. So we have this Omega level that you can only reach if you have the hammer or if you win this tournament. So you have to win this tournament. The bottom four seeds are pretty much the, the worst four teams from the farm last year. Everything in the cup is ordered by seeds, depending on how you finish the previous year. Okay. So that's how the, the cup is organized. You can only have a maximum of Two buys, so you can buy week out of the first two rounds. I believe if you're in the top eight, then you're going to have two buys. If you're in the top 
what would it be? 18? Then you're going to have at least one buy, and then the bottom four, whatever it is. You guys will get the idea. So you, it's depending on how you did last year. You're either going to get zero, one, or two buys. And you're going to line up against potentially teams from the other level, and you're potentially going to have similar players. And the interesting part, like I said, the first week, the first round is two weeks of aggregate. Every round after that, rounds two, three, four, and five, and I believe six is the championship. I don't remember. I should have printed out the bracket. This is, I'm just ill-prepared. But all of the subsequent rounds after the first are three weeks. Three-week aggregates. That's crazy, right? And there's a reason for that. Because what we're trying to do here is make this different. If we were just doing week to week, I feel that there would be far more upsets. I want this tournament to seriously consider who was the best team in the LOL. Some luck involved, but these three-week aggregates are making it where it kind of stretches the luck out. There's not as much heavy-factored luck in any single matchup. You're not worried about a particular injury because you'll be able to fix that in the subsequent weeks. It's an interesting setup. So the winner of this cup, which we've had, what was it? 2019, 20, 21, 22. We've had four winners already. That winner gets, I believe, 15, maybe it's 10,000 schmeckles at the end of the season when they win the cup. And the championship round ends on the same time as the, the championship and the, the main Tournaments. So this is a full season long tournament that ends at the end and we'll find out who wins the cup at the very end. So you can get 10,000 schmeckles and a ticket to Omega if you pay attention to this. And honestly, you don't even really have to pay attention to it. You don't have to do anything. Like I said, all you have to do is set your lineup like normal and it will automatically apply that score to your cup matchup. Now, the cool part is you can also gamble on these cup matchups because why not? Everything's in the sports book. Everybody loves that. So go check it out, right? Right now we have, I believe, six cup matchups right now. So there's 12 teams active in the cup this week. And this is the first of three weeks. All right. So you're going to, well, this is the second. I'm sorry. We're going into week four already. So yeah, this is the second of three weeks. And then we're going to see who gets to move on to the next round. So that was 2019. So we, we've been doing this for a little while. After we introduced that, a couple of years go by, and I think we kind of like the idea of this, this dynamic, variable scheduling type of thing where we're, we're seeing these cup matchups pop up in the middle of the season, and they weren't on the docket at the beginning of the season, and that was kind of fun. Like You didn't really know what to expect. It could be someone from the other level. It could be someone that's your rival and you're going to have to play against them for a couple of weeks in a row. It was just neat to have something where it's like, oh, I didn't see that coming and now I'm going to have these matchups right here. So we wanted to extend that into the actual schedule, right? But how do you do that? So I, I became addicted to Call of Duty a couple of years ago. Right, It was after Warzone came out. It was free to play. I'm cheap. I don't like spending money on video games, so I played Warzone. And I kind of liked it, and then I bought the game, and I kind of got addicted to it, and I played multiplayer for way too long, leveled up all the guns, platinum. So good. Why am I telling you about this? Well, I actually started, I was so addicted to Call of Duty that I started watching 
professional Call of Duty on YouTube streams, right? So there was a decent amount of money involved. There's these big teams across the United States. There's there's amazingly skilled, I think, gamers uh, that are kind of interesting to watch. But again, that's not my point either. My point is how they do professional online gaming like that. They have team-based competitions, but in the middle of their seasons, they will have miniature tournaments. And if you're familiar with round robin schedules, you know, where you're basically just you're playing a schedule and whoever has the most wins at the end, that's the winner of the tournament. It's not necessarily your traditional next level cup bracket based tournament. It's more of a scheduled out. You're everyone's going to play the same number of games. We're all going to play everybody and then we're going to see who is the best. And that's the winner of the major event, right? So that's what a term that they use in golf. It's also a term that they use in professional gaming, specifically first-person shooters. They have multiple majors during each regular season. So it it tastes like a little bit of like an in-season tournament. Um, it changes things up. So I was wondering, how, how could we possibly integrate that into the regular season schedule? Well, step one is that you can't pre-schedule every week, right? If you're trying to have dynamic scheduling and with these majors and by dynamic scheduling I mean the schedule changes dependent on what happens in the schedule right so how do we set this up well we have 14 regular season weeks okay so I believe it's 14 right yep what carry the one yeah 14 regular season weeks and then our tournament our level playoffs are weeks 15, 16, 17, okay? So weeks one through 14 are our regular season. So you can take that and we'll say, take six of those weeks out. That leaves us with eight, right? And we can take those eight weeks and that's two majors. Now, what did we do with the first six? I'm, I'm making this way too complicated. So let's just start at the beginning. Weeks one through three, those are pre-scheduled. We set those. And weeks nine, 10 and 11 are all pre-scheduled. Okay. So those pre-scheduled weeks, am I saying this right? Four, five, six, seven. No, eight, nine, and 10 are pre-scheduled. All right. So one, two, three, eight, nine, 10. Those are the only weeks that we actually schedule matchups for. So weeks one, two, three, you're going to play some teams and weeks eight, nine, and 10, you're going to play some different teams. So just looking at that, you're going to play at least everyone in your level one time, and there'll be one team that you randomly play two times in those six weeks. So that's one, two, and three, eight, nine, and ten. All right. So what do we do with weeks four, five, six, seven? That's four week span. That's a whole month. And guess what? That starts this week. This is week four. When you're listening to this, we are starting major one. So what we did is we had our pre scheduled first three weeks of the season. Those are seeded, too, from the previous year, but we can get into that later. But it's just pre-scheduled matchups. And we are now taking the top six teams in each level in the standings, and we're placing them into the major. So now those teams are going to play each other over the course of the next four weeks. Over the course, So if you make the major, if you've made major one, I didn't. So I'm speaking fictitiously. If I were to have made Major One in the farm, I would then be grouped with five other people, right? The top six, me plus five. 
I'm going to play those five teams at least one time over the next four weeks. And that's in the schedule. I might have some other games. Obviously, that only accounts for five of my games, and I'm going to have eight games throughout the four weeks. Five of those eight games are going to be against these other teams in the major. The other three will be randomly against other teams, and those won't count towards the major. Only major matchups count towards the major. This is all better visualized on the website, but it will be a separate standing that you will see, and it's only going to take into account weeks four, five, six, and seven, and the matchups that are actual major matchups. Whoever has the most wins and points, technically, it's ordered just like a normal standings. Whoever is at the top will win the major, all right? And if you win a major, you get a free ticket to Omega, and you get 10,000 schmeckles. Sweet deal, right? It's hard to do, though. So basically what we've done is in the first three weeks, we've determined, okay, we've got a good feel. We think these are the six best teams. They're going to duke it out for a major. So if you do make a major, that kind of sucks. Like, what if you slide in as the sixth seed? That kind of sucks. Now, over the next four weeks, you just have a slightly tougher schedule, theoretically, right? So after major one, now we've, we've, we've entered into week eight. 8, 9, and 10, if you remember, those are also pre-scheduled from the beginning of the season. So those are the, the other set of matchups that we've already determined. This is what we're going to do way later. I think it starts around November, right? Those matchups are pre-scheduled, and then we are only going to consider those 8, 9, and 10, weeks 8, 9, and 10 matchups to qualify for the second major. Right, So you can just basically have the worst seven weeks you've ever had in any fantasy football league ever, but starting in week eight, if you ball out weeks eight, nine, and ten, you can qualify for major two. It doesn't matter if you are six and whatever else. If you've just started winning, if you crush in weeks eight, nine, and ten, you're in major two, and we do it again. 11, 12, 13, 14. That's major two. Same thing. So we're doing the same thing twice. Qualifying for three weeks, major for four weeks. Qualifying for three weeks, major for four weeks. That's the whole season. That's the whole regular season is three weeks, four weeks, three weeks, four weeks. And the cool benefit, if I go back, I'm going to back up a little bit, the next level cup, right? We are in the second leg of the second round right now. So the cool part is these are going to be alternating. So we'll have after... Week five, this first round of or this second round of the cup will end and we'll have all of the the hoopla about who gets to move on. And then the following week, we'll actually have more information on the the major. So these these things don't happen simultaneously. We're always going to have something ending and something beginning and something ending and something beginning. So it really makes for a jam packed schedule. Over an overall schedule that's just jam packed. Right. So I know that that is a lot, but that basically it sums up what we mean by dynamic scheduling. We have no idea when the season starts. We have no idea what's going to happen in weeks four, five, six and seven. We don't. And we don't have any idea what's going to happen in weeks 11, 12, 13 or 14. Just like we don't know what's going to happen in the tournament at the end of the season. We don't know what's going to happen in those windows either. We'll figure that out when we get there. And that's what we just did. We just figured out who's going to enter into major one in both levels. 
I think it's kind of simple. Honestly, when I what I think about it, it's simple. Again, big soccer fan here. I've seen this stuff. It makes sense. If you don't understand it, look at the website next week. Look at the leagueoflevels.com. Click on majors. You're going to see the standings. You're going to see qualifying from the first three weeks. It will make more sense when you see it in that way. So look for that next week. Look for that update. Anyway, these are some of the newest things that we've brought to the League of Levels. The, the recent updates to the Omega level are the most recent change, but these things, the dynamic scheduling, the next level cup, the, league, the Omega level, these are all brand new things that I think everyone is slowly but surely becoming much more vested in because remember, there are only a few ways to make it to the Omega level. And this is one of them. And it starts this week for a lot of you. All right, we've got more show for you coming up. We've got an awesome interview. Uh, actually, you know what? I'm going to keep that a secret as to who that is. So you're going to find out after this commercial break. We're going to have more LOL show. that's beechwood aged and that means the taste smoothness and drinkability you'll find in no other beer at any price and we're back me buddy danger and this is the portion of the show where we like to have interviews with very very famous people in the lol community we call it chatting with the masters well i say we i mean i i call it chatting with the masters maybe we will all call it chatting with the masters after tonight because we have a master in the building a master of ceremonies and it is none other than coheeds what's going on man lolers what's up Kamish? I think I had your microphone down when I did that. This is my second episode, and I heard you say, what's up, Kamish? And I just pulled your microphone up. That's how good I am at this. So anyways, I'll just say it again. <laughs> Welcome to the show. It's Coheeds. Thank you for joining us. I appreciate you giving yeah, us some good time. Good to be here. I just, good I, to be here. I want to explain to your... Just like last week, we had Booyah in here. Uh, he's an OG somehow. I don't know how he's still here doing it and and not realizing all the stuff that we do. Uh, but Coheeds is one of the ones that pushes everything, pushes the envelope, makes sure that we're always doing the craziest shit that we possibly can. He's been here since the beginning, I think the beginning, either the beginning or the year after the beginning. And he's been it was year two. Yeah. Yeah, it was year two. It was uh, High Decibels that brought me into the league because uh, High Decibels and I, uh, of course, work together. And he knew that I was in the fantasy football and he said, yo, I've got this fantastic league with my brother and you should join. Right. Yeah. So this this was all it. I, I think I, I talked about this in the first episode, too. It all started in Orlando, the Orlando area. And most of them were going to full sale. But like Coheeds just said, you actually work together. This was on a program called the Daily Buzz, right? Yeah, I was uh, I was your brother's boss. <laughs> yes. And you sometimes still are, although he's currently holding the hammer and in the same level. And both of us are. Yeah, we're relegated. Yeah, so, I mean, you we're, know. yeah, and we're sitting here talking shit, you know. But anyways, <laughs> so, hey, but the farm is better. The farm is the farm better. is Let's better. Be that is that is the the phrase of the day on Slack. Farm is better, and I totally agree with that. And 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 so you started here with us in Orlando. In fact, 
just a little a little moment in history. Today's episode is all about milestones and eras, and we're talking about things that happened a long time ago. And oh, one nice. one of the things that happened a long time ago was you actually hosted a draft at your house. Yeah, uh, I believe I don't know. We were it was it was like my third year in the league. I believe it was either the second or the third year. But I uh, I threw a big shindig at my house. This is back when we were still just a, a twelve member league. Yeah, I uh, had a, a massive spread. Uh, I also had a fridge full of beer, even back then, and I wasn't even a brewer yet. Uh, and you, uh, crazy stuff was happening in my bathroom with yeah. some of the league members. Yeah, you let some of my cats out. Yeah, I'm it was, sorry, it was a wild time. <laughs> you no, know, I cats should be fr- let them live free. But the the thing that I remember, you know, it's funny we don't talk about this ever. But like since then, I mean, that was forever ago, like a decade ago. Yeah, and I think since then, like we've we've. I've been house hunting in the past. We've we've purchased a house since, but I remember in the home buying process and like going through all the different homes that we're seeing, I still remember talking about the home that Coheed's lived in that he hosted the draft because you had like one of those like glass atrium things in the center of the house, right? Yeah, it was like a uh it was like a it was like a natural habitat that uh that went straight up. It was completely surrounded in glass with a couple of sliding glass doors and it went straight up through the roof with um it was a screening at the top so rain could come in and keep uh, whatever plants and but you could smoke in there you could there you could you smoke, could totally smoke in there yo yo you could you could totally hotbox that like there. that that's all i thought about when i was house hunting it was like man i really wish <laughs> this place is great but if it had that glass room that i could smoke in in the center of the house like that would be even better but like I had never found one. That's that's like that was a unique thing. It was an amazing draft. I remember that we actually even we went so far because some of the people had already moved away. I think High Decibels had already moved to Washington D.C. at that point, so there were some remote, you know, uh, drafters. And we brought a whole additional television with us to your house so we could have multiple screens, like big screens of people on. It was ridiculous. Like this, we don't really get to do that anymore because we're so spread out. But I do remember that being like. You know, I was I was trusting someone else. I had always hosted the drafts up until then. And then it was like, let's let Coheeds do this. And it was just so memorable. I, I will never forget that night. And I still appreciate you doing that. Oh, dude, I loved having everybody there. I mean, and one of the things I miss, I mean, we haven't had it since like the big gay getaway was actually having a draft board where yeah. you're going up, grabbing your stickers and slapping it on the board in total confidence of the players that you're drafting only to be let down later in the season. Yeah, so. we have Bapes and I are currently rewatching the league and it is like that, that first episode of each season where they're doing the draft like that is enviable at this point, even though we've done this for so long yes. and we like our our methods and stuff like I, I do miss that just a little bit. But anyways, let's talk a little bit more about you and what you're doing now. Like since that that time where you hosted a draft over a decade ago or whatever in Orlando, uh, you moved on to the Miami area where you did some more work there. But then you met up, I think, more importantly than the work you did, you met up with fornicators. Right. I believe that's where fornicators came from. Yeah. Uh, so I left Orlando, went to Chicago for three and a half years mm. and, uh, 10 foot midget. And I actually lived in Chicago at the same time. No we never way. got a chance to hang out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, TFN and I were in Chicago. We never got a chance to hang out. He was always busy doing his thing. And then I moved to Miami and fornicators. I was fornicators boss. And when I met him, he was fantasy football nut. Yeah. He was in like four, oh, four leagues at the time. Yeah. So I, I had to bring him in. I was like, this, 
perfect player for for the league levels. Yeah, yeah. Perfect fodder, really. You know, he he really is amazing, uh, and I love Fornicators. He's one of my favorite additions in the last decade, and I think what made him great was when we opened the sports book, which I talked His about in the open. His ability to crush the, yeah, to I crush don't the sports get book. Oh, my God. Yeah, so that's a I'm South gonna, Florida I'm gonna, thing. I'm just gonna set up a. I'm just gonna set up a FanDuel app, and I'm gonna hand Fornicators the login and my credit card, and say, "Hey, <laughs> right? have at it." Yeah, right. Like this guy obviously knows what he's doing. Maybe not so much in the farm, but that's probably more yeah. luck. Yeah, he's run into a, a string of bad luck. I mean, right now, if I'm looking at uh, CBS, he currently has three players in his starting oh, lineup yeah, that are he, questionable this week, and and his bench is pretty thin. I mean, the guy's yeah, he he's winless. If I if I'm correct, I believe he's zero and six. He is. So, it, yeah, and I'm I mean, I'm sure he's gonna love that we are taking over your interview to talk about his zero and six team. He's gonna <laughs> love that. He looks hey, better in I the mean, power rankings, but yeah. You know, I wasn't on the podcast last week, and you you were clowning on uh, my my big fab drop on Jerome Ford. You know, so I mean, you don't have you don't have to be on the podcast. I'm going to get to that in just a minute. So actually, right. so, so you did the Miami well, thing be- before you do that. Yeah, before you do, that, I got to crack a beer. There, excellent. All right, yeah. cheers. I got one right here. Mm. So uh, cheers. I, I might you know I wouldn't ask anyone else this, but what are you drinking? So right now I am drinking. Uh, it's Armada Brewing. It's one of the uh, one of the contracts that I uh, brew for. It's their latest uh, fest beer. It's called uh, Celestial Union. Wow! So it's a nice, it's a nice, crisp, toasty, malty. It's uh, it's like five point nine percent, and like it's just perfect for this. Like right now, I'm sitting outside. It's almost a full moon, and it's maybe fifty five degrees. It's fantastic hoodie weather, and talking football, drinking beer. Let's go, man! I, you know what? I am one that hates the cold, but that doesn't sound all that bad. So after Miami, obviously you've, you've just mentioned you're way up North in Connecticut, right? So you've gone up there and you've been there for how long now? I moved back to Connecticut in January of 2017. Uh, My last, when I was in Miami, that was the year that Bapes beat me uh, (laughs) to take the championship. I wasn't in the championship. We were in the, uh, the semis and her and I were going head to head. I had Ezekiel Elliott and Melvin Gordon and Melvin Gordon. I think it was the first or second drive of that game. I was scheduled to beat babes. He went down with his hip injury and it completely saved my season. I remember that. Oh, she, I remember that year because she definitely had some things that helped her along the way. And that was one of them. And I remember that wasn't the only thing. There was other things that like that, that happened for her. And she was able to get that. Every champion gets those things, right? That's just the way the cookie crumbles. Like literally you you have to have, you have to have some kind of luck bounce your way, you know, to to be able to be seen. Part of it is drafting. Part of it is being, you know, aggressive and, uh, you know, hitting the waiver wire. Sometimes you're lucky and you're, you're able to trade not so much in this league, but I mean, Yeah, she had a couple of things bounce her away, and you know, good for her. She she took me out. I had the bad luck in the uh, the end of the stick, and it is what it is. Yeah, for sure. But anyway, so that so then after that after that season, I moved back yeah. to Connecticut. Um, moved back up here without a gig. Oh, so it was like was, a it was a loser leaves town match. Uh, something like that. it was loser leaves the state yeah. because you guys are yeah. in Orlando. I was we in are. Miami, so she not only kicked my ass, but she kicked me my ass all the way back up north. Out of here, right? So that so you've been God. in Connecticut for like over six years or so ish right now. Yep. Wow. Yep. 
And you jumped I mean, right into the was, beer. This thing. is where I was born and raised. Oh yeah. So I, you know, I, uh, I ended up seeing, I was looking for a gig and I saw a guy was uh, starting up his own label and he was looking for help on his bottling line. I believe it was like the, the second beer he had produced and he was looking for help. So I volunteered, went down there, started talking to him. This is uh, actually Johnny, the, uh, Ooh, who was in the one man wolf while. pack or, uh, who was it? No, he was he, overlords he and be, demigods. He, yeah, his first name was Old Broken Jankles. Oh, that's right. That's right. He because changed he his was, name. Yes, he's yeah, because he's a Giants fan like me, and he he loved OBJ, but he he thought old. He's also the same player that drafted the wrong Gronkowski, if everybody remembers. Oh shit! Yeah, so he was your boss, and he's the guy that got you into the beer game. Yeah, so yeah, you know, he took me under his wing, uh, taught me everything about cellaring, which is on the cold side of beer, and then brought me out to the brew house and taught me everything on the brew house or the hot side of thing things. And then, uh, the, uh, the company that we were working at, they were looking for a lead production brewer and I threw my hat in the ring. I got hired, uh, within a couple of months, I got promoted to head brewer and I stayed there for a couple of years. Then, uh, I actually got, uh, kind of headhunted to go to ESPN, which was always a dream of mine. I was right. in television for 18 years before I did brewing. So I went to ESPN for a year, um, and then COVID hit and back to I the didn't brew really like the schedule. I, yeah, I, I didn't like the schedule that I was rocking at ESPN. They were had, yeah, I was working nights and didn't have, I had to work weekends, which I understand sports are 24 seven, man it is what it is, yeah. but I did miss brewing. So I ended up, uh, applying to be the head brewer of another company here in Connecticut, uh, Blackhawk brewing. So I was there for a little over two years and then my old company had hunted me to come back cause they needed a head brewer. So I've been back there ever since. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I, I honestly totally forgot about the ESPN stint. Uh, but now that you mentioned that, it totally jogs my memory. I almost got to visit you right before COVID yes. hit, and then boom, yes, I was going to go to Bristol. You guys were coming up. You guys were coming up. I believe it was for uh, like it was in preparation for High Decibel and Big TD's wedding. Right. Uh, we you had guys were coming up to Boston. Big you guys were bachelor to Boston party. For a concert. Rage Against yes. the Machine. It yes, was going to be the yes. greatest weekend. We were going to go see where they do Sports Center, like they that was still a thing, yep. you know, live television. Yep. And then we were going to see I had the tour. A concert. I had the tour already lined up for everybody. And then boom. Bam. Yeah. Oh, man, that changed everything. That really did. So it sent you back to the brew house. You do that every day. So in like mm -hmm. in a nutshell, for people that don't know anything about what you do, and I know you, you yeah. do so many different things, I'm sure, along the lines of like from getting it from, you know, ingredients to something that you can drink. But what is a typical yes. day like for you at, at work? A uh, typical day for me, it depends on if I've got a brew on the schedule or if I don't. So if I've got a brew on the schedule, then my day is pretty much all brewing. Uh, sometimes there are a lot of things on the calendar, you know, the way that, that beer is aging out and steps that it's in in the process where i've got to run from the brew house to the seller side and you know like harvest yeast or do a dry hop or do a pressure and crash or you know help out with a transfer and get a beer carbonated ready to get into cans and kegs uh but if i'm brewing you know i go in uh heat up the the mash tun that's where all the uh the the grain goes with the hot water it's almost like making a big giant bowl of oatmeal Mm -hmm. um and it sits it sits in there and the uh, 
the the hot water creates uh, different kinds of sugars, and then you move that water over to the boil kettle, or that wort over to the boil kettle, and you throw hot water on top of the grain bed so that you get all the sugars out of the grain and get all that goodness over to the uh, the brew kettle and then uh once you get it to a boil uh there are certain additions you know there are different uh boil time hop additions so you're throwing different hops at different times and yeast nutrient and uh some other good stuff if you're doing a crazy beer sometimes you're throwing like a brown sugar or i just i did a beer about a month ago where on the hot side i had to steep a like nine pound bag of jalapeno peppers because uh, they were making a pepper beer just um, nuts, man. I feel like this is what it's uh, like when I'm explaining the sports book to Bapes or like some shit that I've programmed for the LOL. Like I understood like a third of what you said about warts and mashes and lighting see, the shit it's on funny fire. Because, because I know Tally's listening to this podcast. He's like, yep, I do that. Yep, I do that. Yep, That's right. Exactly yeah, he's, in, he's yeah. into the brew stuff now, too. I, I mean, my brother does love to copy me. Uh, yeah. I got a tattoo. I got a tattoo when I was 21 that I designed myself, and I uh -huh. left that tattoo, like, laying around. Uh -huh. And he grabbed that tattoo uh, when I moved down to Orlando, and he got that tattoo on himself. <laughs> so, wow. Tally. Yeah. I know, right? That's crazy. You know what? Not surprising, because, you know, I'll let you know a little secret. You guys, you like each other too much. You and your brother, you like each other too much. I we I have a lot brother. of brothers in this league, right? And I would say on the levels of like who likes each other the most, you guys are like mm. way closer. You're way up there, way above the uh, everybody else on the list. And I'll tell you why. This week what? is 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 your birthday, right? You probably don't want to talk about that. What are you like 67 Splash. now? <laughs> Splash. <laughs> I told y'all I'm not the oldest member of the league. I just no. turned 48. Uh, 48. I was going to say 51. Yeah. No. Uh, AOL's yeah, no, 54. I'm a, I'm a, I'm, yeah, I'm a couple years away from the big 5-0. So uh, the, earlier this week, uh, I'm talking to you now on Wednesday afternoon. The podcast, this this new format gives me so much flexibility. I can do this whenever I want. And I was talking to you the other after, yesterday afternoon because guess who asked me to ask you if you'd like to be on the show. Your brother, Tally, hit me up and he was like, hey, it's Coheed's birthday this week. You should definitely have him on the show. And I was like, well, all right. All right. I guess I will. And I text you and I'm thinking, you know what? He's going to be like excited. And you were just like, okay, cool. Uh, yes. I'm kind of busy tonight and tomorrow, but uh, okay. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, well, that. <laughs> I mean, I didn't want to seem too eager. Right. I mean, right. I was, you know, when you when you guys first did the podcast, and it was you and Ten Foot Midget and Proper, and I listened to how much fun you guys are having. And, and now it's just now it's nothing like I was, that. I was I was I was kind of jelly because <laughs> I I came from I started my broadcasting career in radio. I so love I like, it. I can do that. I like why am I not doing that? So when you asked me to be on the co the podcast, I didn't want to overplay my hand yeah, and yeah. make it seem like you know I was uh, a little bit too excited. It to is be it's but fun, I'm, man. I'm flattered. I'm flattered to be a podcast. Whenever guest. I ask anyone, all I want to hear from them is just can't wait. That's all I want to hear from them. Can't wait. <laughs> all right. So next person I ask to be on the show, you just come back with can't wait, and I'll be like, all right, I'll see you then. So let's move on to the next part of chatting with the masters. And that's what Coheed's last week coined first and 15. I got 15 questions for Coheed. We are going to hit through these rapid fire. 
Most of them will be rapid fire. Some of them he's going to need to elaborate. Like question number one. You're now in the mm. farm. You were yes. in same level, and in same level, your record was 149 and 161. What's the secret to your mediocrity? Uh, it's it's almost like, I don't know if you've ever watched uh, Big Brother. Uh, some of the people on Big Brother, they last until like the second half of the season because they call them floaters. They just, they don't make any waves. They're not making themselves like winning all these competitions or winning all these vetoes. They're not really like standing above and becoming a target. Uh-huh. You know, if you just, if you just skate by and do the bare minimum, then you're safe. It's safe. You know, I, I think I tried to play it a little too safe once we got the farm and relegation and promotion became a thing. Um, I don't know. I, I think... No, I'm sorry. I'm good at... The answer was your secret to mediocrity is having been a New York Giants fan for so long. That was your uh, secret. Oh, I'm coming sorry. from a trans coming from a transplant Washington. Fan. I don't excuse me, sir. <laughs> Question number two, cats or dogs? Oh, I kind of had a feeling that this uh, question was going to come up. I have both. I do love cats, but I got to say my dog has so much personality. It's got to be. dogs. No, dude, you are not allowed to do that. You're forever cats. You are forever cats. F you are ever. <laughs> Question number three. What yeah. makes Connecticut's craft beer scene stand out from every other state? Oh, well, uh, first and foremost, uh, this was the region where New England IPAs originated from. Um, and we've got so many talented brewers in the Connecticut beer scene and everybody's super. It's almost like this league, right? Where we don't really just consider ourselves friends. We've known each other for so long that we're, we consider each other family. That's like the Connecticut craft brewing scene. Everybody knows everybody. Everybody's super friendly. We're always willing to help each other out. And that's just, you know, good people and good ideas and the free exchange of those makes great beer. All right, I'll give you the I'll give you the ding on that one. That sounds good to me. Question number four. It's fourth and six. You're on your opponent's thirty-three yard line. There's two minutes mm. and thirty-seven seconds left in the first half, and your team trails by two. Do you kick the thirty-nine yard field goal or do you go for it? Still got a whole another half to play. Go for it. Thing. The answer is go for it because you have to hit the over. You got to go for the over. Right. Question number five. It was your birthday week. How does it feel to be almost dead? <laughs> I guess. All right. So I'm in the second half of my season then. Uh, yeah, there you go. If you look at it like that, I mean, I'm not at the two minute warning yet. So yeah, but you're basically like you're in the witching hour right now. No, I, I think I'm still in the uh, the middle part of the third. Quarter. Okay. I think I'm, I think I'm, <laughs> I'm still going for the over. All right. Dig, I'll give you that. I don't know what it feels like because I am so young. Question number six. Does $67 fab mean anything to you? Oh, so yeah, I, here's the thing with me. All right. So it's, it's funny because hanging with Hernandez and I are completely opposite, right? So in real life, I save, 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 scrimp, scrimp, invest, invest. She spends money like it's, it's 
water, right? Like it's going out of style. Okay. <laughs> uh, on the waiver wire, it's completely opposite. I have this fear of missing out. So, and I always tell myself going into the season, oh, I'm going to save money. I have to save money for, you know, the later part of the season because I'm, I keep doing the same thing every year. And then somebody drops on the waiver wire and I'm like, oh, it's a new hot toy. I got to get it. So I drop as much money as I possibly can. And, and I'm trying to outthink these, you know, the other farmers out there, which I don't know what you guys are thinking. So I drop big, big cash. Uh, All right. Hang with Hernandez. She tried to go after I Adam Thielen and she put a dollar bid in. That doesn't work. Not in the farm. I'll give it to you. <laughs> and, and the question being, does, does the fab mean nothing to you? And I think you basically explained that. No, it doesn't. Yeah. 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 No. All right. Question number seven, bottles or cans? Oh, cans. Cans all day. Cans all day. Now, what if it's a dark bottle? Uh, you know, you can't. I'm not going to smash a bottle over my head when I'm done with it, but I'll crush the shit out of a can. Really? I mean, that could be your problem with fantasy and mediocrity is all the cans you're being smashed over your head. <laughs> I didn't say I was smashing it over my head. I'm just going to crush it in my hand. All right. I'm with you. I, I you know. Thank you. I'd rather have the can. It's just lighter, you know, and, and I'm mm -hmm. not, who am mm -hmm. I? I'm not trying to work out. I'm not trying to lift anything. Question number. I mean, you're, you're already lifting 16 ounces. So why add more to it? Yeah, I got no time for that. Question number eight, true or false. Daniel mm. Jones looks like the actor they would cast to play Eli Manning in a movie about Peyton Manning's life. True. Very true. I mean, just that gift of him. I'm, I'm sorry. What? Actually, Daniel Jones looks like the default player in Madden. <laughs> There's no way he's the default player because if you see the size of that guy's neck, you see how long that neck is. But his face oh, just man. looks if, blank. If, it looks blank like that. You haven't created your player. If, if all the Madden players had had necks like that, then nobody would be buying that game year after year. Question number nine, lager or ale? Lager. All right. That's it. All right. We're moving along quick. Question number 10. What's 2,898 divided by 42? Got to be quick. Wait, what? Wait, what's 2,888 divided by 42? 2,898 divided by 42. It's uh, yeah. 69. Oh, that's right. Oh, my man. He got it. Alley-oop. All right. <laughs> Question number 11. You finished with a record of 10 and 20 last year. Why? I have no earthly idea. I really don't know. All right. None of us do. <laughs> Nobody knows anything about fantasy football. Who are we kidding? Question number 12. What is the most unusual beer ingredient you have ever used? Mm, um, most unusual beer ingredient. I would have to say, but I have to say it's the peppers that I did in the pepper beer. I like peppers don't belong anywhere in beer. And for, for a, a, a contract to throw it, not only in the hot side, but also more peppers in the bright tank and just make a stupid spicy beer. It, it drives me crazy. Actually, the most unusual ingredient that you've ever used in creating beer would be your own tears after Bapes kicked you out of Florida in 2017. We've already been over this. Question number 13. Describe the emotional process of being relegated. Mm. So that that was a double sting. Number one, being relegated after yeah. being in the league 
for so long. Number two, telling me being relegated by your own brother. Yeah. Who you brought, who you brought into this. Oh yeah. We're going to get to him. So yeah, that was pretty crushing. Uh, but you know what? I, I took my punishment like a man and, uh, Hey, I'm here on the farm and you know, we're hanging out together and we're doing mediocrity. hundred percent. My, you are, you're one of the only ones, right? That we are few and far between those of us that have lost everything and still come back for more. Right. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yep. We're gluttons for punishment. Yes, we are. Question number 14. You haven't had a major injury to your squad yet, but which of your players will eventually be the one to go down? Uh, I could see it happening to Jameer Gibbs. I don't trust any running back in the NFL. I say they're all sus. Yeah, not right now. Yeah. All right. Last question. All right. This is serious. Take it seriously. All right. Imagine you're in the same level fantasy league. So is hanging with Hernandez. If you were in a relegation matchup against your own wife... (laughs) How would you approach the week? Oh man, I'd be all right. So I'd be, I probably would have zero fab left at this point. Okay. But I'd be, I'd be scouring the waiver wire, looking at every matchup, scanning every defense, what teams have done against my wide receivers, my running backs, the quarterback, and try to put together the most dominant team I possibly could to send her ass back to the farm. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I think everybody, <laughs> OGs, know what the hell I asked that about. All right. That was it. That was first and 15. And I would say that you definitely picked up another first down on that. That was great. Uh, I appreciate you being so honest. Now, we've already done like a half an hour because I let you talk on and on and on and on and on about how you make beer and the mashes and the fires and the pits and the movie hey, and the you, cold you side. The question, man. Oh, my God. We I have, didn't even scratch the surface. We have a job to do. Last week, mm. I picked games against Booyah. I went 3 and 0 with my picks. Booyah went 1 and 2. I think it was 1 and 2. It might have been 2 and 1. I'm going to go with 1 and 2. 3 and still be up. 3 and 0, 1 and 2. So, I'm just going to say that I won the first week, all right? I'm 1 and 0 against right. you jokers and I got Coheeds against me right now. We're going to go pick for pick. This segment is called Spread Spread Total and I'm going to let Coheeds go first with his first spread pick. All right. So, uh my first spread pick is going to be the Saints at home against Tampa Bay. The Saints are laying minus three right now. you took that from me. I'm picking the Saints. I'm taking the Saints. It's at home. You've got Alvin Kamara coming back. I think Jameis Winston, with a full week of practice, he's going to air it out. Chris Olave is going to have a monster game. That Saints defense is swarming. And I think Baker Mayfield and company better watch out. I God damn it. I literally, the Boom. first thing I did was just, I, is I Jameis just starting this week? I've double checked if Jameis was starting and yes. he, they said he was. Yes. And I was like, well, for my first yes. pick is going to be the Saints. So I got to scratch that off my list. Okay, fuck. I'm already playing from behind this week. So I'm going to go with the Houston Texans plus three over the Steelers. The game's oh, in Houston. Thank no, you. Finally. All right. So we're basically twins here today. I'm going Houston Texans oh. plus three over the Steelers. They looked good last week. They're getting points at home. I'm going to take anybody getting points at home. Oh, man. I can't believe you did that to me. You just sniped me. All right. Um, good. All right. So now so now I've got to pivot. Uh, now you got to give me a second here. Uh pulling up the you want me to go you want me to go first if you got another one Uh go for Uh it you're gonna let me go 
see, what I try to do is I try to pick a favorite and an underdog. All right. Um, so, all right. I'm scanning. All right. Here's what I'm going to do. I am going to go. All right. I'm going to go Baltimore Ravens on the road against Cleveland. Now, Baltimore is a uh, plus two and a half. Uh, I'm going to take the Ravens to cover that spread and take it from Cleveland. All right, good. You didn't take my pick. I that's not bad. The Ravens are looking okay right now, so I, I would, okay ish. Yes, I, yes. I, I considered that as well. Um, but but yeah, that's a tough one. I'm gonna go with the London game, and I'm gonna take the Falcons plus three. I don't think that there's a home field advantage for the Jaguars, so I don't think that them giving up three makes any sense. I think they look like complete dog shit last week. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars might be a joke. Trevor Lawrence isn't Jesus. And I think Bijan gets it back on track in the name of the queen for the queen. God save the queen. You're welcome. Proper Atlanta Falcons plus three. That's a good pick. I like that. All right, man. All so right. give me your total. What's your total pick? You're over under people are going to be so mad if you don't over, go over. Uh, ooh, well, the people are going to be mad because <laughs> I'm going Minnesota on the road versus Carolina. Minnesota is plus four. The over under is 45 and a half. So you got Andy Dalton. All right. So Andy Dalton did all right. Uh, did pretty good as the, uh, the QB for Carolina last week. Um, yeah, but oh, that's why, that's why someone spent a hundred dollars on Adam Thielen, right? That's a Carolina wide I, receiver. I, and, and I was just going to get to that. I don't think Thielen is for real. I think he's necessary, but I think that Minnesota. I think that Minnesota can take care of it. Um, I don't see a big game happening from Sanders either. Uh, Minnesota is going to run away with this game, and I think after they get a two touchdown lead, you're going to be seeing a lot of Madison, and uh, you'll probably see uh, Cam Akers start to work his way into the lineup as well. But I don't think the total combined is going to go over the 45 and a half. Put it in the book. All right. Well. I hope that those two touchdowns you talked about where they get the lead, they both go to Justin Jefferson because I, 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 I fucking yeah, need yeah. it. I fucking need it. All right. My total <laughs> to wrap this up is just me taking shots at you. I'm taking the under on the Seattle at Giants game, and I'll tell you why, because the Giants can't score points. They are one of the lowest scoring points uh, teams uh, in the NFL this year. Uh, and I don't see that changing anytime soon. I think what we saw from that generic face Daniel Jones in the playoffs last year was a flash in the pan. I don't think he can actually continue doing that. And it's a matter of time, probably until Saquon injures himself again, regardless of how much potential he still has. I don't see it playing out. I think they're going to go under. And right now the under is at 47 and a half. So I don't think Seahawks are going to come across the country and put up that many points. And we already know the Giants can't put up that many points. So I'm going to go under 47 and a half. I think the Seahawks are going to run away with this game. I mean, the, the, the bummer is it's another Giants game at home in prime time on a Monday night with, you know, Saquon Barkley is not going to not going to play. Daniel Jones can't pass it to anybody. He, it, you pick pick a wide receiver on the Giants. I mean, I Waller hasn't done squat. I think I think Seattle takes this handily and I hope it all goes through my man DK Metcalf. Well, I wish you the best man. And I thank you so much for coming on this week with chatting with the masters. First we had Booyah. Now we've got Cohees. We're just, we're running through the farm, the OGs that are chilling in the farm. Who's next. 
I don't know. We're going to figure it out next week. But for now, Coheeds, I just want to thank you for spending a half an hour with us to talk about beer, to talk about Connecticut, to talk about cats and dogs, and to talk about all the other crazy shit that we just brought up for no reason just to keep people entertained on a Friday morning. Thank you so much, man. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. What's up, everybody? We are back. We're here to close out the show with the voicemail segment that I am so excited for because some of you actually listened to me and you left me some voicemails. But before we get to the voicemails, I just want to wrap up. I'm doing this on a Thursday, so I actually had some time to just, you know, circle back on a few things, catch some updates, see what's actually going on later in the week. And I have a Taylor Swift update. Uh, first of all, Heinz is now selling seemingly ranch. Literally. I think they had something called Cranch and they just changed the label, but they literally have a product that's called Seemingly Ranch. So this is because of what happened at the Kansas City Chiefs game. Dr. Sarah was all over this earlier in the episode. Crazy. Seemingly Ranch. I'm going to go buy some today, actually. I'll post a picture on Slack. Taylor is also announced, or I guess I don't think she's announced. Sources are saying that Taylor will be in attendance at the next Chiefs game, which happens to be in... New York against the Jets. I would assume that Travis Kelsey will absolutely score another touchdown this weekend. So battle Jack, you should not have attacked Lockshore. I've got Taylor Swift on my side now. All right. Uh, what else do we have going on? Colin Kaepernick wrote a super sad letter to the Jets. Uh, awkward. Yeah, I don't know. I He probably could have just written that letter and just like left the team name out. Like he could have sent that to all of the teams. I don't think he needed to just single out the Jets there. But, I mean, I don't know, man. It's been a long time at this point. I don't think that there's... I haven't seen him work out, but I don't know if that would really matter. I mean, anybody can work out well. The dude's been off of the actual football field for, what, six years? Seven? It's been forever. Nuts. Dude, I'm sorry. But, you know, if anything, you know what? This should remind us that Jay-Z is a piece of shit because he's now got this deal with Roger Goodell and he's supplying all these people for the halftime show like Usher. I love Usher. I'm sure that'll be a lot of fun, but Jay-Z's getting off the hook here because he's literally doing deals with the devil. The devil is Roger Goodell. If you think that he is actually coordinating this with the owners, don't, don't bring Kaepernick back. And Jay-Z's like, you know what? I think I'm going to do business with this guy. God damn it, Jay-Z. Ah, anyways, after helping the Dolphins put up 70 points last week, Tyreek Hill live-streamed with Mike Evans. All right, innocent enough. Two dudes being guys, two guys being dudes, I guess, right? But then Tyreek Hill said, hey, you know what I want to do when I'm done and I retire from football? I want to be a porn star. Mike Evans was shocked, to say the least. But you know what? Not a bad idea. He would probably crush it. They'd call him the cheetah. I, I don't know. I, that's a weird thing to want, uh, especially when you have that much money. But, uh, you know, you do you, Tyreek. I'm not going to hate on it. Uh, Miami is literally best for all the right reasons, except for soccer. Fuck that. Enter Miami, piece of shit. They lost to the Open Cup final last night, and I am so excited about that. Oh, my God. All right, so. Let's wrap the show with some voicemails. I haven't listened to these yet. I literally just copied and pasted them, dropped them onto the pads. I am going to play them in order. And all right, let's just jump right in. Here's the first one. 
Joe Gabagool here saying, how you doing? Go Bills. Bills Mafia. Fuck the Jets. Fuck Booyah. More like Booyah. <laughs> also, fuck the Commanders. More like come handers. Come in your hand because that's what you are. A bunch of jerk-offs. Go Bills. Damn. Woo. That's some fire right there. I think that, that was Joe Gabagool talking mad shit. And I guess he left that voicemail almost a week ago. He was on top of it. This was before the Bills went to Washington and just destroyed the Commanders. And I am sorry. I realize that most of the people that listen to this show are huge Commanders fans. I am sorry. That was borderline inappropriate. And I'm sorry that that happened to you. But that's Joe Gabagool. And he called that come handers. Bunch of jerk offs. He said, he said it though. I didn't say it. Next voicemail. Hey, proper football. Calling from London. Good to have the pod back, buddy. Like that. I was smoking a joint listening to it. And I remembered the last time we did the podcast, I was smoking joints listening then. And I was really depressed. I think that's actually documented on previous episodes of the podcast. So, uh, yeah, great. Forgot about that. Um, enjoyed the interview with Booyah. Uh, obviously, you know, you, you skirted around the issue of my refusal to take the gentlemanly rematch. But uh, <laughs> I'm English. I dictate what is gentlemanly, oh. not you. Um, but anyway, that was fun. Um, unfortunately, I do disagree with one of the things he said. He was Shocking. like his best memory. Um, of LOL was, was Ocean City. And like, even though, yeah, it was good, I think a couple of people didn't enjoy it as much. <laughs> um, namely, Tim to Midget, yeah. who made the mistake of obviously getting that barbecue chicken burger and that dodgy crab shack on the way up for an apple and then shit his ass out like a fucking rusty radiator. Idiot. And then me, who forgot my fucking ID and so I couldn't get served all week. Everyone <laughs> forgets that. I was walking around, wasn't getting let in anywhere. I didn't get to go to fucking, uh, secrets with Jacob Tammy. I didn't, I didn't even, whatever. Anyway, um, no, yeah, my team is pretty shit at the moment, not gonna lie. But, you know, last year, Brees Hall, this year, Nick Chubb. Let's keep it rolling. Um, big ups, everyone. Uh, welcome to all the new people in the league as well. Uh, I know it's complicated and seems weird and pretty sort of nerdy and lame. Um, and it is, but, you know, stick with it because it is kind of fun, uh, to sort of beat Buddy at his own games. Like, we, all do <laughs> uh, so keep it up just if only to do that um, and you never know you might change his name again um, yeah if you remember that one it's bloody danger hosting isn't it now oh, is he coming back return of the danger I'd like to see it personally anyway keep on a good work nice one yes bloody danger has returned I mean he never really left let's be real he's, re he's referencing uh, uh, when I was relegated I, too, went through a depressed state, just like he was saying he was in a depressed state last year, or not last year. It was whenever we were doing the podcast last, right? And he was all super late at night, and I know we were, we were it was like therapy. It was, you know, I was a therapist at that point. I think it's better for him now. I can tell, you know, I, I see the NVL stuff's doing amazing. I, I definitely miss those, uh, those old podcasts. That's definitely one of the main things that made me want to do this again, um, but man, yeah, the the Ocean City thing when you didn't have your license, I mean, that <laughs> you're ki kind of your fault, bro. And also, like, you weren't the only one. Like, Bapes, she didn't go out to the bars. She was taking care of the kids, you know? I mean, I, I helped a little bit, but for the most part, 
she was also tied up. She didn't have the ability to go out and get served drinks because she had to take care of the kids. But, uh, you know, that does suck when you try to go to Ocean City and you don't have uh, a license. But at the same time, we were literally hanging out at the house most of the time and you had access to all the beer you wanted. But sure, I get it. I would probably dwell on that, too, when everybody else says it was the best trip ever. Uh, but good to hear from you, Prop. I love you, guy. Next voicemail. Buddy, you punk-ass bitch. Glad you brought that podcast back. Sounding pretty good on there. Like what I hear, you better keep it up, boy. <laughs> and you need another one of them big gay getaways. Oh, there it is. Trying to see you boys in person. Trying to get my feel on. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Keep up the good work. Commish. All right. I think that that was smoking blunts. That's awesome. You know what? This 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 show is. I don't want to say it's because of of blunts, uh, but it is for the most part. He was he was generous enough to just blindly throw money at this podcast when we did it last time, and it's been a couple years since we've done the podcast, and he's asked for it incessantly. And without that, I don't know if we would have uh, actually done it. I didn't think you know it was all that popular, but it, you know he kind of. Rallied the troops. I appreciate it. I I love that he left a voicemail already because this is for you, man. Don't forget that. Uh, but but yeah, this this has been fun to bring it back. I think the the new format that we've got with these interviews, the interview with Coheeds, is just that was awesome. And I think that my previous prediction that he is uh, totally eventually going to have a next level cup matchup with Tally with the same rosters that's going to happen eventually. Write it down. Next voicemail. Cowboys come back with the fury this week. I will come back with a fury this week. You know what? They didn't say their name, and I don't know for sure. I don't know what the number is. In fact, I don't even have it in front of me. That would probably help if I knew what the area code was. If I'm going to guess that sounded a little bit like Cater's, and he is 0-6, right? We, we talked about this in Coheed's interview, obviously. No matter who I'm interviewing, if someone is 0 in the season, I'm going to bring it up. And we did. I think that was Caters. And I hope that he comes back with a fury this week. He needs it. He needs it. And you know how you know he's going he's gonna to get a couple uh, dubs? You're, you're going to see him drop like 10,000 on the Niners to cover on the sports book. For sure. Like, he will definitely go on there and just be like, Splash. And that's when you know. And I got to play against this fucker in Omega level this week. I'm, I'm still, I'm guessing that this was him, but I think it was. So, anyways, guys, it is that time of the show where we have to get out of here. I know. This episode was definitely longer than last week. I think. I'm sorry about that. All right. Some of us were long-winded coheeds. Talking about beer. All right. Final thought. Milestones. We need a few milestones. We've had a few milestones. God damn, man. The intro to the show, I'm just like going paper by paper. Like, we did this, we did this, we did this. And it just makes me feel good. It releases that serotonin. You know what I mean? I think we need more milestones so we can have more of that serotonin release. Right now, we're kind of doing it with Omega. Choose your own adventure. I think we're going to look back on this as, as a turning point. But let's talk about it, man. Let's add a level. Let's have another kid. We've done it once. We'll do it again. The farm is better. 
right? It's the phrase of the week. Phrase of the year. Farm is better, but let's make another one. Love y'all.